This Sports Crib podcast, episode 327, how to create trial opportunities in professional football. Hello Sports Achiever and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports Crib Podcast. I'm your host Ed Bowers. As always my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who's an expert in a particular sector in the sports industry. Especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career as a professional football player and learning what it takes to pursue a career in the football industry. I hope today's episode can support your sports career development, interests and needs. Now, get back to today's podcast special guest is Beryl Labala. Beryl is a professional football player at Blackpool Football Club and the founder of BL Ballers, which aims to bridge the gap to increase more opportunities in the grassroots game, in the men's and women's game, to improve the professional football pathway. For that reason, it's such a pleasure to have Beryl as a podcast special guest on the show. And that's when today's episode, Beryl will share his football career journey to you and explain to you how you can create more opportunities with regards to trials in the professional game. Beryl, it's such a joy to have you on the podcast show. Please do share to listeners your sports career journey. When did it all start? Great to be on here, Ed. Yeah, it all started at Birmingham that's where I actually got my first scholarship kind of a a funny story how I I managed to get a trial at Birmingham being in my classroom in IT and and music messaging and emailing all the clubs that I could find on the internet really through their website uh, asking for trials and um, funnily enough uh, Birmingham City reached out to my Sunday league team and that way I got a trial at the club and from there did well in the in the trial game. I remember scoring two goals and two weeks from there, ended up getting my, my scholarship. So that was the start of the, the football journey. Right, I want to decode this. You kindly shared this on a WhatsApp call and I'm like, wow, there's so much learning lessons from this. Reflecting and just for other young players like want to get their opportunity, how important is it to have that mindset of creating your own opportunities then assuming the the opportunity will come to you if that makes sense yeah no it's very important it's very important I guess for me it was just connecting the dots before obviously Birmingham I, I was at Burton Albion Centre of Excellence at the time um, when I was 13 or so and I remember getting released from there but I remembered one of the coaches Gareth Holmes who was the academy manager at the time and uh, yeah just obviously keeping up to date with football I saw he obviously he was at uh, at Birmingham City as a 18s coach so that was always in the back of my mind to always kind of reach out to Birmingham just in case he might remember my name. Um, and um, it was funny enough, after the trial game, he said, we saw your emails, by the way. Like, you emailed us about 20 times. Like, we saw your emails. And, yeah, that was just me trying to create my own opportunity, really, and reaching out. Obviously, I reached out to a number of clubs. And lucky enough for me, Birmingham was the one that um, answered my call. Okay, so I've got to dig deep even more because this is what it's all about. Because we don't, it's not talked about the grassroots level. We talk about in careers, 
about the power of networking and building those relationships really early on, reflecting that you knew the coach moved to Birmingham. How vital is that to always be mindful where these other coaches move to? Because maybe that's your foot in the door. Uh, I just want other players to think differently than it's all about the trials. It actually could be the relationships of the coaches you meet along the way. I'd just love to dig into that point when you mentioned it. One thing I learned pretty earlier on through my my parents as well, the, the importance of relationships, um, how how important they are. Um, and yeah, you just never know. You never know who's going to go where, who's going to be doing what at certain stages in their lives. So I feel like that's why it's almost impo- uh, important for young players to be obviously humble in the situation, not not looking down on everyone. You know the saying, don't read a book by its cover. So um, that was that was important for me, knowing that and looking out for things like that, people that I've met before, cross paths that knew me as a player, knew how I performed and how I behaved um, on the pitch. And yeah, just connecting the dots. And that was, it was, a, it was amazing to have that moment when it actually worked out for me to kind of feel like, oh, look, it, it works. I'm going to put you on the spot now. What's quite, what's more important at the grassroots level? Is it your character or is it your performance? The reason why I share this is the one thing about grassroots that I always want to promote and make sure it's talked about is when players receive rejection or they get released very early on, that is probably the hardest play, hardest part for a player to bounce back from rejection. And I just wanted to hear how, you you know, of course you've always got to improve as a player from a technical standpoint, but how about the mental mindset perspective and character of a player? I would just like, like to hear your thoughts on that because I think that's just as important than what goes on the, on the pitch. It's also how you develop off the pitch to create new opportunities for players after they leave a club, for example. For me, the character's probably more than the, the talent itself and how you're playing and because... I feel like it's just the, it's the endurance in in motivation and endurance in that character of keeping on going and always getting back up after getting kicked down or things not going your way. Um, as you see in football, you get a lot of talented players, but they reach a certain age, and that that motivation, that um, that hard work, the things that they they started off with, kind of die down. And I feel like that's where it separates a lot of players. You know, it's not the talent; it's it's that longevity and that motivation, that longevity and that um, willingness to still do the right things, um, even though it's not going your way. Um, and that's and that's what's important in grassroots, I see. Um, that's what's even more important in grassroots because you're not getting, people are not watching you every week. You're not going to the best stadiums. You're not going here um, where scouts are there all the time. So you've got to kind of build that up to still have that motivation to to still get out there and give 100%, to still get out there to to perform to your best, not only when you're told that, oh, look, this scout from uh, this club is here today, you know? So, um, and that's that's what's important. And obviously building them skills outside, outside of football as well, um, I feel like it's important because you kind of just keep adding to yourself, keep getting new experiences, new viewpoints of things, and which just adds to your overall game. Um, adds to your overall game and something that obviously I've done going into coaching, doing my coaching badges. You see you see the game from a whole different viewpoint. There's one thing I will touch on later on in the conversation, the importance of like keep educating yourself. I did see your law in sport one. I will touch on that later. But going back to the Birmingham example, you sent the emails, you had the trial and you said, very like comfortably, I scored two goals. Come on, I want to be honest here. Like when you did get that trial, 
was there pressure? Was it there? Was it be yourself or just seize the opportunity and do it to your best ability? I'd just love to hear your thoughts of how you approached that opportunity when you got it. And then you delivered scoring two goals. So last question on this. I think so many people can learn from that one case study. When you're waiting for an opportunity so long, that's all you wanted. You wanted to show people how good you are against good players. It was almost like, it was just a joy being there. Like there was no pressure at all. I didn't feel no uh, pressure at all. I just felt like, oh, look, it's it's go time. Almost it's go time. I'm going to get out there, enjoy myself and, and show them what I can do, you know, and no fear, being really fearless. I feel like that just really helped me. And, and I, I saw the coaches buy into that. Um, I remember exactly. Well, see, the, these coaches played a big part in my career now. So you're the likes of Steve Spooner, uh, who was the head uh, 18s coach um, and obviously Gareth Home, who was his assistant at the time and um, they were moving me around the pitch it was like look they're like barely play on the right barely play on the left because at that point I was just like oh yeah they're asking me to play here but now thinking of it there was like let's see if he can play on the right oh he's doing it right good on the right let's see if he can play on the left like, let's put him in the middle so I played about four positions within the actual game in the trial so um, and then from there like I said two weeks later getting your scholarship over some of the lads that have been here there for since they were the age of nine and stuff and that's all they had to see um and um and yeah it was amazing and and that's why I, I always say you, you just gotta go for it gotta gotta clear out your mind and just enjoy the moment and and uh, let things happen can you just paint the picture to the listeners from that scholarship to where you are now just to get the career before we decode other things off the pitch so you want the picture of the of the journey from the scholarship? Hundred percent from the scholarship to where you are now playing. Yeah, so I got I got the scholarship, um, uh, which was two years, and then after the two years, I got my professional contract, which was I was one of one of three at the time. I could be wrong. One of four, or three that actually got their pro. Um, did my first year pro, and then got another pro for a second year pro, and from there. I gradually mixed in with the first team um, and uh, Gary Monk being the manager that gave me my debut um, against Bristol City away, uh, which was obviously a day you'll never forget uh, coming on and and getting to play and hearing the fans singing your name. Um, and then from from there, then another season and and then moved on, moved on to Crawley Town. Um, it's a decision I made that after speaking with a manager and speaking to those around me, I just wanted to like, go play, kickstart my own career and and um, show people what I could do and and uh, went to Crawley Town on a two-year contract uh, under uh, the gaffer at the time, Gabriel, Gabriel Trophy, uh, who's, who was who moved on to be Indonesi manager. Um, I don't know if you've you've seen him or heard of him, but um, he was a, a key person in my career as well. He just let me play, um, gave me a lot of confidence and that season was obviously my breakthrough season. Um, I think I ended up on 14 goals before COVID, the COVID year, when COVID hit. So I scored, I think I scored 14 goals altogether, all comps, before COVID hit. And uh, the following season, um, Blackpool came in for me and um, and uh, bought me from Crawley Town. Um, so yeah, the journey went from there to Blackpool, got promoted with Blackpool in League One. Um, went into the championship and then being at Blackpool for for the next three years till till now basically um, where we are. Just reflecting, how has adapting been a skill 
in these different football environments. It's such a cool journey, by the way, but I'm just curious of how you adapted for your own playing style, but also adapting to the manager's needs and requirements. Adapting is so important. I think if we, if, without even football being there, just life in general, you've got to adapt everything that's thrown your way. You've got to adapt to different challenges and different circumstances. So um, it's, it's so important. It's so important being able to go into a change room, to almost weather the room, to know, to know how how things are done there and if you can adapt and buy into the culture and that's something that I've I found that I could I could do very well um and and um and it only helps you moving forward really with the team and um yeah so adapting is 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 very important um to gel into the team and to be able to perform yeah and final part cuz I think it's so important with the journey itself confidence did that adjust during the journey or has it just been that one of that steady increase due to you scoring more goals, you getting more opportunities on the pitch? I just find when players, especially right at the beginning when you're sending those emails where I would probably say confidence was low because you're being patient and waiting. But when you got your opportunity, was that when confidence naturally came in, the more chances you had along the way? I just hope this is helpful for players, by the way. That's why I asked this question on the confidence side. Yeah, I think confidence does gradually build up like I guess I've always had um a certain amount of confidence um the confidence the email teams knowing that it could happen and and when um when you get to a little checkpoints like getting the scholarship that adds a different confidence to like you're like okay like I'm actually a I'm actually a scholar now at Birmingham City so that that gives you a new level of confidence and then you move on to getting your professional contract and you're like I've like I've made the dream. I'm a push. I'm a professional player. I can actually say that. So that levels you up against more. And then and then you go on from making your debut, scoring your goal, and it's just these 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 little points where it gives you that more and more and more confidence. So I I would say my confidence has built up um, over over time. Um, but I feel like as players, you always should have confidence in yourself, no matter what, no matter even if you don't get the the debut when you wanted it or you don't get the the move when you wanted it or the goals you that confidence in yourself knowing that um you can do it it's in you um because if every if somebody else is doing it why not you basically that's how i i feel like um so um yeah the confidence has gradually built up but i always have a I always had a level of confidence in myself that i could always perform if put into the situation yeah, what you're talking about, I would agree with what you're saying, is more that self-belief is should always be there. Um, just from the milestones or checkpoints, I'm just curious now, when you did get that scholarship, did you create a sort of a plan of action and set goals and targets? Do you do that now with regards to your playing career? Yes, I definitely did. Like I got from getting the scholarship, wanted the next goal was obviously to become a professional player and, and make my day for Birmingham City. So that was completed um and yeah from that the plan was to obviously stay at Birmingham and to become a, a regular first team starter and and that that was the plan but obviously your plan don't always go to, go to plan so that changed a bit and obviously the route that I had to take was the, the Crawley route um which was amazing out of my comfort zone um going uh down south um and yeah which was amazing meeting new people and um that wasn't a part of the plan, but from there, structuring a new plan, now it's like, okay, how well can I do here to to go up the levels again? And 
and um, that plan worked out. Obviously, going to Blackpool and and then you set yourself even more goals. Can we get promotion? Because that's where I went to the team to add on to um, um, to add that to the team. Add my 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 the way I play. If we can give us the chances of going promotion, that happened. And you go into the championship where I actually started off and. Yeah, obviously, I've got I got plans to try and do well, get appearances, get goals, and and um, yeah. So the plan just keeps you keep recreating the plan every step of the way. Really, um, I I don't feel like anyone really has a set plan because of how things change, and you've got to you've got to adapt. Yeah. Got two more things to ask on this because it's really important. So I watched a Carl Walker uh, documentary of him moving from Sheffield United to Tottenham, and there was this homesick experience he had going down south how did you adjust this i know it sounds you know some people people think homesick you have to go to another country but it's amazing uk of down south to up north it's to i'd say that to a point two different countries to a point so I, I for example i went to school down in surrey but i went to durham near newcastle to study people are totally different and i'm just curious of sounded like from your response it was new people and new environment but was that any homesick at all or did you just thrive from the opportunity in this different sort of environment? I'm just curious. I wouldn't say I was homesick, but I would say like I, I did miss, I did miss my family. I did, because I've gone down there alone, basically. Um, I, family, I did miss my friends that would normally be around me. Um, and it takes, like you said, it takes some time adapting, adapting to the, to the new environment. Um, one thing that was great um, about Crawley, uh, obviously because of my faith I, I found a church down there because uh, of my faith I found a church down there which um, the the chaplain who was actually at the club at Crawley um, obviously Steve Allison and started going to their church and started meeting new people and and yeah it, I kind of got to know the whole Crawley community and saw how um, together it is and how small it was at the time so yeah that was great that kind of helped me along the the way um I feel like you need to do stuff like that get get out there to know people otherwise you're just going to be stuck in your own little box and that makes things um a little bit harder but definitely that helped me to kind of smooth out the homesickness at the time and just on that note oh that's so cool with us the church I, I, I love that because I think you're seeing different communities even outside football how about like other interests because I want to talk about, you know, BL ballers really shortly. But during your career, it seems like education's always been a founder of like continuous improvement. And I want to bring in Laura Sport because I saw you did like a law and sport educational program. And it said you're now better understanding how the legal industry works from a football standpoint. How vital is this, not just for grassroots players, but professional players to always have that self-education mindset? It's so important to have that self-education mindset. Um, always learning. Like uh, one thing I've seen, and I've seen older, older uh, people still learning, and in 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 high positions, and and they're still looking to improve their their skill set. Um, and that's something that was important to me, really, and installed in me through my parents as well. Um, that I, I'm playing football. Uh, football's not forever. Um to keep learning, to keep learning along the way. So knowing that and obviously taking an interest in football more and wanting to learn more about football off the pitch, knowing how contracts work, know how compensation works with, within within clubs and multi-club own ownership and 
all these type of things where we we see every time we're in the business and and for me it was just important to to get to know that to have a, a better understanding um which could be used in many ways it could even be used to to protect myself in the in the future when it comes to my my own contracts um just to gain that knowledge has been so important for me and and it's amazing what Lauren sports do um and especially the way they encourage football players ex and current players um with a lot of their conferences inviting them for free as well just to give them that that insight into the world because we can be very blind to it um very blind and we, we don't know um when a good job's being done or a bad job's being done at times um because we're so focused on the football and just yeah I'm going to sign it I want to get out there I want to but not knowing that what you're signing and how that's going to affect you in the short and long term um at the club yeah was, that was very important for me and and uh, it's something that I would always advise players to to look into to look into knowing more about the game on both sides uh, obviously on the pitch because we're playing but off the pitch as well and and that goes through all levels grassroots all the way to the pro level yeah from an actual journey perspective and like Lauren Sport like hats off I know you're good friends with Dev Kumar Palmer that how this is happening right now and he's somebody from a credibility standpoint so so important off the pitch when was the moment though when you realized you had to look at football as an industry than you just as a player because I think this is half the problem like at grassroots the players so focused on the pitch of the goals and aspirations but then there's this whole football business side of things like endorsements things where it can your personal brand now digitally you can connect with brands and sponsorship like from a monetization standpoint when did the penny drop when you went hold on I'm more than just a football player on the pitch I'm just curious of like age or period of your journey when you had to invest time to learn more on the business of football. I think it was when I was at Crawley and I started getting obviously more attention. I, I obviously, I, I, I did really well at the start of the season. I scored in my first five games. Um, and um, that attention, people obviously calling my phone and things like that. I'm thinking, okay, okay like I've never got this attention before. And, and I wanted. I started looking more into my brand and how I could I could channel this to to obviously promote myself to to build my social media pages, um, even like little things like making myself a logo. Um, so that's what I started looking into stuff like that. Um, yeah, and that was the stage really. That was the stage where I I started thinking about it as a whole business. Um, as I'm an asset, I'm an asset, and uh, I'm not just a player. And um, the more I can obviously make my my shares go up in uh in my obviously as treat myself as a company, the more I can make my shares go up, the more obviously people will be more interested in myself and and it can go the opposite way as well. And that was all about uh, planning and all about obviously adding things along the way. And that was the moment I guess when when I started getting more attention as a player, which I didn't get before, and I didn't feel like I I needed to do these type of things would you mind just sharing some tips in how you approach social media because this is an area i'd love to help other football players like utilize their personal brand but how they approach it because i think now there's many case studies of when social media can be a great asset to leverage and then there are great case studies where it can damage a player's reputation overnight i'm just curious of how you approach social media to the fan your loyal fans but also building your brand at the same time to create opportunities 
I guess it, it developed over time. Uh, before I was, I was, I was really on social media a lot. Um, obviously commenting on everything and things like that. So I guess the way I developed is more being more selective in what I engage with, um, and yeah, thinking thinking about the whole picture really, and almost using um, documenting just my my progress, documenting just my career. Um, I felt like that was a way I could just okay this has happened, I'm going to document it, let people know about it. Um, and just different parts of the seasons, really, things that I'm doing. Um, and I know that the fans that follow me are interested in that. They want to know what I'm doing next, if I'm doing a coaching course or if I'm doing law and sports or if I've played, what my thoughts was on the game. So just documenting every stage of of the career, every, um, every stage of what I want to share into the public uh, domain, really. Awesome. That's like the Gary Vee approach have you heard of Gary V Gary Vaynerchuk no actually I think I've seen a few I've definitely seen a few videos of Gary V um you should you should check him out because he that's his philosophy he's got a massive following in digital marketing but he said use it as a tool to just use it as like a digital journal and it's called behind the scenes content which what you've just explained which is brilliant I just think for me it's like the players at the grassroots if they can learn this and like you said the keyword selective the more they're building the brand in the direction they want it to go. Now on a pivot conversation, I really want to now talk about like BL ballers. Like, could you just paint the picture of what inspired you to set up this? Like what was the why behind it? The why really fits into the whole, how my career started and how I got my scholarship. Um, I just felt like there wasn't, I knew I was good enough. I knew I was good enough to play. I was playing grassroots for a few years. I knew I was good enough to play in the pro game. Uh, well, have a scholarship at least at the time. And um, but they just—I didn't feel like there was many opportunities for myself. And as you said, I had to, as I said to you, I had to email a lot of clubs and things like that. Um, and um, I remember what we do off season. We go and play five side together. So when we go play five sides, you've got the likes of pros semi-pros grassroots players but we're all friends and we all come and play together and and you see the grassroots players and the semi-pros punching above their weight and and obviously keeping the standard high as well and I remember being there and I was just like this would be a great way of of like showing people that how good grassroots players are because obviously they always come in in the off season they're always training with us and showing us how good they are and we we feel like, oh, look, he could play on a Saturday. You know what I mean? Imagine if you gave him a chance on a Saturday. So um, that's where it all came from, really, connecting grassroots to the pro game. And um, and then, obviously, I had to obviously think of how I'm going to do that. And I used my name, Barely Lubala Ballers. And I thought, look, I'm going to do football tournaments. And within this football tournament, we're going to invite scouts. We're going to, obviously celebrate people and at the same time educate them on the day as well and uh, making it a, a great a great day out for the community and that's how the idea came to mind so i'm going to break this down a bit because the today's topic is like how to bridge the gap between non-professional and professional football pathways so you're saying that bridge bit is the tournament itself with the right people in the environment meaning the scouts or just people who may see that rough diamond in the rough literally and then they're given a chance. Is that what you mean, the bridge? So I'm, I'm going really in the details because I love what I heard, but I just want to clarify that's the bridge you're trying to achieve as well with the vision. That is the bridge and and the tournament almost gives it that platform 
for somebody to be spotted on the day and and uh, obviously BR Ballers has been going on for four years, going five years now, and it's only getting better, more eyes are on it. So giving that opportunity to someone that knows that, look, I can play in this tournament and there's this possibility that it could lead on to a trial here, would lead lead on to me going in at, at this club. Um, it's an amazing thing for grassroots players to look forward to. And um, and also on the other side as well, when it comes to the professional players, in a way, they want to come and play and, and almost show like, look, this is the level. This is the level you're trying to get to. This is this is the level you got to aspire to. And, and like um, role models, the role yeah, model approach. Yeah, like the role model approach. And... Um, People really buy into that. Really, a lot of pros buy into that, wanting to come down and and give give people an opportunity to to play against them and test themselves out against them. Yeah. Can we touch on like the vision or the idea of the educational side? Could you just touch on a bit more detail from that side of things within the tournament itself? Yeah, I guess a lot of things that I do almost comes from my own the way I I move forward with things in life. So I thought, okay, cool. That's how I'm. I am. Um, I'm setting up the tournament. What else can I add to it? And and as you know, I like education side off the pitch. So I was thinking, why can't we bring it into the tournament? So you got your likes of law and sports, and you got your likes of let's say we we spoke about referees giving people opportunities in doing doing stuff in being a ref. There's a few different things, and having that there, giving those players um, a chance to view that, a chance to go speak to someone. And they could obviously, yeah, start doing work in that industry or pursue that. is it, It's something that I do and, and I aim to obviously push towards the players on the day, yeah. And also one thing I want to touch on as well, because I, I love the website, what you're doing and the vision, is the sort of equality, diversity and inclusion side. Like, as you know, in my podcast show, like big into sort of women's football, because I've just had last four years myself, really the behind the scenes of what goes on in the women's game like what's your vision there like for me your tournaments isn't about gender related but it's what I loved about yours is you're trying to like acknowledge the grassroots for girls football in a tournament setting as well so could you just paint the picture of this side of the tournament which I'm excited about by the way it's just amazing to see how how much women's football is developing for all of us even for for the men's we we've had to educate ourselves know our awareness um when it comes to the women's game um, not long ago in this country uh, women weren't even allowed to play to play football and um, knowing that and and for me it was just so important for me to to give that platform for grassroots players to to have that gain that confidence I guess gain that confidence of playing and knowing that it's achievable for them to to play in the women's game and and to move forward um with the women's game it's just it's amazing how we're working with her game too as well um who obviously champion women's all over the country and it's just it's just amazing what what we can achieve together when it comes to the tournaments and um Almost in a way, you, the support from the pros as well that come down on a day, the women's pros, um, just to encourage the girls and allowing them that safe space to 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 play football and, and enjoy the football. You couldn't have said it better. For me, like I look forward to the day where there's just that fairness at ta- tournaments and it's just within our culture, just generally. But what you're doing, you're integrating both under one umbrella. And that's where I'm excited about. And just with regards to the 
tournaments itself. Could you just share to listeners when they are happening with regards to this year? Yeah, so this year on the 11th of June uh, at Goals Leicester, we've got the men's and women's tournament um, at Goals Leicester. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be an amazing day. Um, we we like to put prizes on the on the tournaments. So on the men's, it'll be a £200 entry fee. You get the chance to win £2,000. And um, on the women's, it'll be a £50 entry fee with a chance to win £500. Um, so it's it's an amazing day out um and yeah we just we get together like we said there's an educational side to it a community side to it and um and obviously trying to give a platform for these grassroots players um to progress in football and if if that's in actually on the pitch or around the pitch like we said it'll be different opportunities throughout the industry and yeah and obviously with the likes of her game too and Super 5 League, another organisation that are really into um, the women's game. Uh, we just want to make it a, a great day out for everyone, really, and um, and definitely have that whole inclusion and diversity there that we always do. And yeah, and keep promoting uh, grassroots players. 100%. Quick question, if people are listening right now, like where are the places to go uh, register a team? It's BR Ballers on all social media platforms. So you've got your likes of... LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. So you can just direct messages. Um, and also be our baller's secretary uh, at gmail.com is where you could email us as well and uh, get a team signed up or ask for further information on, on anything you like, really. Um, yeah, so that's that's all the pages. But yeah, don't hesitate at all. Brilliant. So I want to bring it back to your vision of this, BL Ballers. And I did say this question to you on whatsapp because i was just fascinated may i ask what is the big vision of this i know you've been doing this four years but you're still a current player i'm just curious of where is the big vision of, of this not just tournament but just the whole bigger picture of this bl ballers i'm just curious now the end goal is definitely to to have um a whole big campus something that i've said before it's the likes of loughborough loughborough university loughborough college what i i see from a distance what they do and to to have that where we can um we can obviously give people education give people a chance to play football and um also house house disadvantage let's say it could be kids or people that just haven't had the opportunity um to give them that platform um, and that will be the definitely the end goal and keep getting the amount of players making that transition into the pro game or into a part of the industry that that obviously they can become a, a prof, uh, take that as a profession and and obviously um, make allow them to provide for themselves really so um, that is definitely the bigger vision um, taking it worldwide as well um, I'm, I'm from DR Congo so doing something um where my parents were born it's um it's going to be amazing as well so that that's that's on my mind and um and yeah just keep connecting the dots really working with good organizations and so we can just keep pushing for for change 100% and i'm going to put you on the spot now because you're living it and breathing it how now do you see football as a tool more than just you being a footballer from a performance standpoint i'm just curious on that side of things Oh, it's 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 amazing like how I, how you can use football 
to to really change a lot of things and I never really thought of it this way uh, for a long time um, until I started doing the BL Baller stuff because the effect football has on people how it brings people together it almost humbles me and pushes me back as a fan like when you see fans go to stadiums and sometimes as players you're you're like oh, man, they, they, they go pretty crazy for like it's just a game like in a way um and then you, you take a step back and you feel like, oh, no, this is it's more than the game. It's, it's a community. It's a family. And it's a, it's a language that everyone speaks and how you can add things on top to just to help to help others and to, like you said, educate others. It's a it's a great starting point. It's a great foundation that everyone enjoys and uh, it's open for all as well. Know what I mean, um, anyone can play football. Um, anyone can try. And yeah, just be a part of part of this uh, incredible industry. Hundred percent. Out of interest, reflecting now, Beverly, like what have you enjoyed the most from your football career journey? Looking back right now, Ooh, definitely the feeling of scoring a goal. <laughs> <laughs> but looking back, it's, it has to be the journey. It has to be the people that I've met along the way um, that have that have helped me. Uh, the certain people you just you don't forget. Um, from my grassroots coach, um, Shane, who used to take me everywhere, pick me up and take me here and there and then feed me after the games, um, allow me to stay at, uh, at theirs till my parents got back from work. So from people like that to your likes of Steve Spooner, Gareth Holmes, at, at under-18s level that uh, um, gave me so much um, knowledge and and shape me as a as a man that I am today, um, and then you're you're moving further along to the likes of Dev, someone that I, I've met that's just took my understanding of of um, of not just football but things outside of football to a whole new level really, and and really helped me um, really helped me manifest a lot of things that I've had in mind, you know, because sometimes you can have ideas but you just don't know where to start, and um, it's um, it's amazing when you have people that can just point you in a, in a certain direction. And, and yeah, like you said, the journey has been important from the managers that have gave me the opportunities, the relationship that I've uh, um, made along the way. So looking back, it's, it's definitely the relationships and the journeys that's, that's what I've in, enjoyed the most. I need to say an obvious question, but I think it's important from an education standpoint. You've just said it there, but I just want to highlight it. How vital is it to have the real right people around you? And how are you mindful of that now of your career development in general? No, it's a hundred percent. It's like having the right people can can make or break you really. Um because you could have all the talent in the world and if you've got people in your corner that are not advising you right and and not not make keeping you accountable for your actions, um things don't really last uh, a lot of the time. So um no, it's it's so vital, it's so important to um to have that right um and yeah i'm just grateful that i've got people that i could turn to for for good advice that i've that i've obviously lived in the football industry and they've they've done things themselves so and that experience to to talk to people that have done things already and um for for me in the moment it's it's um the type of things money can't buy really 100% and well said. And look, I really do hope the listeners have enjoyed this podcast chat as much as I have. Verily, I like to always finish with an inspirational question and feel free to recap 
relate to your journey, but just for the listener, particularly a young footballer listening in right now, or a parent as well, like what three tips would you give them to pursue a career as a professional footballer? Like what would they be? So they take action literally after listening to this. I would definitely start with hard work, I guess is one that everyone would chuck, but hard work to always to always keep working hard, no matter what, to to always keep grafting. And even though, like you said, you have your ups and down days, but as long as you can look yourself in the mirror and know and say, look, I gave it my best shot and I worked the hardest I could possible. Like the emails, not to interrupt, but like the yeah. emails going back to the like beginning. The emails, um, yeah, hard work is is it's just it's just one of the big ones, really. Um, and that can come in many ways. But as long as you have that as a foundation, um, I think that will be great. Um, what's the number two? To be ambitious. If, you're, if you want to become a football player, you've got to be ambitious. You've got to be a little bit delusional, a little bit delusional that things are going to are gonna manifest how you want it to. Um, and aiming, and yeah, being ambitious, aiming high, because if you fall just a little bit short, you might just fall in a in a in a better position that you thought of at the start anyway. So um being ambitious and my third one would be to treat everyone with respect. And that's I feel like if you if you do that one, no matter where you are, um you'll build good relationships with people and yeah, and it'll help you along your way. And you would always have that foundation as well. Doesn't matter how high or high, how low you go, um, as long as you keep that and you keep interacting with people with a, with a respectful manner, it will do you, it will pay you good dividends uh, moving forward. 100%. I do like the delusional tip though, because I think you have to think a bit bigger than other people around you, what you want to achieve. And you couldn't have been right with the third one with regards to respect, not just as a football player, by the way, but if you want to pursue a career in the football industry, you know, just respect the people, respect yourself, but also respect the people around you who you're interacting with. Verily, I've really, really enjoyed this conversation. May I ask, how can people interact with you with regards to, we've mentioned about the tournaments, but just in general, where, where are the best places to go? Instagram, Verily Lubala. And that's the same with Twitter, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. So yeah, Verily Lubala, look me up on there. And and yeah, hopefully we can interact one day. Amazing. To all the listeners listening in, all those links will be on my blog with regards to the show notes of this podcast. Verily, it's been such a joy chatting with you today. Thank you very much. No, thank you so much, Ed. What an awesome podcast chat from Verily. For me, it's conversations like this that light me up. Particularly, my biggest learning lesson is his resilience. Like right from the beginning, taking the initiative of sending emails out to create his own opportunities. And then Birmingham City gave him that chance. And then he capitalized on the opportunity, scoring two goals. It's just a reminder that as much as there are people out there who will provide you the opportunity, you still got to create it yourself. And then with regards to evolving as a football player and then learning the business of football, it's just even more inspiring as well and actually taking responsibility of his career on and off the pitch, particularly with the aspect of having that self-education mindset, which isn't just applied for football players, by the way, but even including myself, that... I have to agree, I'm always educating myself on different aspects of the sports industry and exactly the same with regards to persona in the football industry too. Things are evolving in every different component. So for players like Verily sort of taking that leadership stance of their own career through education, 
is really great to hear. And then with regards to BL Ballers, with regards to this tournament, I had to talk about this and really, to my best ability, promote these tournaments because for me, it's so refreshing to hear how he's trying to provide a platform for players who just don't make it but have the opportunity to showcase their skills, to be noticed and maybe get a second chance in the professional pathway in football. So for me, it's conversations like this that really motivate me and I really do hope you've enjoyed it as well. Like without a doubt, I hope you've taken some learning lessons which you can apply to your sports career development, particularly if you are a football player who really is dedicated to make it a professional career. I really hope Beryllie has given you that inspiration that if he can do it, so can you. So without a doubt, apply this podcast to your advantage now, to your sports career development, and make it happen. Now, as always, I'd like to finish with an inspirational quote from the guest speaker. Beryllie said, treat everyone with respect, no matter where you are, build great relationships with people, and it will help you along the way.